0: Good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening and where you're listening. Regardless, thank you for listening. This show is NXT Talk, where we talk about all things NXT 2.0. And on today's special episode, not only will we be talking about Vengeance Day, not only will we we be talking about NXT UK, but Matt, apparently there was some news earlier today.
1: (laughs) Bonjour! hope everybody's doing well out there it was an awesome nxt vengeance day i think it was like surprisingly good all the matches delivered to some extent and uh boris boy there's some big news coming here in the world of wrestling adrenaline is in our
0: soul skibbity <laughs> baba doobadoo. exactly i love it man it's been a crazy day you know i want to thank all the patrons as always thank you for supporting the show for those of you who are listening on the free feed and you like this show, you like this content, every single day you get a different show, and you can easily sign up at patreon.com slash Um, You know, if you didn't realize, I'm Boris, and I'm joined by Matt. But yeah, man, we have, uh it's been busy. You know, another, another two-city show we got going here, so that's always fun. Um, but before everything, before the news, before the reviews, before the lulls, How are you, Matt? Well, thanks for asking, buddy. I'm
1: pretty good. You know, I'm hanging in there. It was a very busy day at work, but, you know, slugging away, full of energy, ready to talk about this wrestling show and the big news of the day. But how are you doing, buddy? Yeah, as you said, we're uh, coast to coast, not really coast to coast, but going international today.
0: New York to Toronto. Yeah, man, I'm doing very good. It's very good. Everything's been busy. Everything's been good. I've been, uh, you know, people know how to keep me busy, to say the least. Um, And I just can't wait to, uh, you know, get back to, well, actually, this is my normal routine, which is kind of funny. But honestly, everything's good. You know, uh, finding time to do these shows, which is it's, it's a lot easier than, you know, People might think like it's everything is fine um but you know everything you know it's good i don't know what i'm saying you know and it's good so much maybe i'm trying to convince (laughs) myself you got
1: something to hide boris (laughs) no but you are a jet flying limousine riding and uh you know kiss dealing wheeling dealing son of a gun as it were and uh yeah i'm glad that you're you know out there and uh back on your grind you know traveling around and uh you know fly home safe we'll see you soon buddy and uh, I guess yeah, we should, uh, as long as we're all okay and you haven't been whacked by a Tony D'Angelo of any kind, we should probably talk about some wrestling.
0: Exactly. So you know, the big news of the day, uh, you know, there was Cody Rhodes. Where do we even start with this? You know, there's so much rumor, innuendo, there's so much hearsay, there's so much speculation. At the end of the day, all we know is that. Well, do we know? Do we even know this? Is it a work? Is it real? You know. Cody Rhodes is apparently gone from aew along with his wife Brandy. Uh, you know, they couldn't come to terms on a new contract and as of Monday night, lawyers were involved and things quickly dissolved and everyone thought that the best uh, road forward was just to part ways.
1: Yeah, very uh, shocking really. although this was brewing, I guess like if you if you see how Cody's been involved in the Aew program, in the last couple weeks to a month or so. It's been very strange, kind of like non-committal. He's been kind of dipping his toes in different things. But yeah, so there's been rumors that he has been unsigned for a long time. Very shocking, though, that he's actually gone. It appears he's not coming back to AEW. And I would think, anyone would think, that the only place he could go is WWE. I think that's the only company uh, big enough for him at this point. You know
0: what I mean? Yeah, agreed, a hundred percent. Like you know, there's obviously something that he's looking for that Tony Khan couldn't provide to him, right? Um, You know, according to (laughs) I think that's I think what that is Boris is the bag. (laughs) I think Tony Khan did not provide
1: a big enough bag for Cody Rhodes in this scenario. That's what the reports are.
0: Exactly. At the you know he was an EVP as well, right? So this is a you know a 36 turning 37 year old man with a new child. Uh, growing family, he's an EVP to a company, a you know a founding member of AEW. Why wouldn't he want the bag, right? Like to me, that that's just an obvious, an obvious thing, right? If he's going to be talent and EVP, he probably wants to get the bag for both uh, jobs, right? Now we don't know the details, right? I'm sure that over the next few days between now and Sunday. Tons of news is going to be coming out, but as of tonight, on the Wrestling Observer uh, Figure Four Online website, uh, the story behind the story was that uh, it's, like I said, it's all about speculation. As of Monday morning, lawyers, lawyers were involved. And they were kind of working what this split would look like uh, with no contract. Both could go to WWE immediately, um, you know, but there's still speculation whether it's they're a package deal or what. So, you know, we don't know exactly what's going on. What's interesting here is that Tony Khan in the past has said that he had options on all key talent for 2022. Rhodes did have an option year and possibly a two year option. So it would have been Tony Khan's call not to exercise it. So for me, that's a pretty interesting note out of all of this. So, you know, the negotiations must have been, you know, deep. They must have been hard. They must have been heavy. And at the end of the day, for a founding member and an EVP to walk, you know that a a, a lot of decisions were made
1: decisions indeed were made. Yeah. I don't think it's that shocking at the end of the day. Like I really, truly thought in the bottom of my heart, you know, in my gut of guts, as we say around here, Boris is too chunky boys that uh, I, I, I think Cody was going back eventually. It's not a surprise that he's back in WWE. What's shocking to me is that it's happening in 2022 and not 2026. You know what I mean? But I really did think that Cody was going back at some point. Of course. That part doesn't surprise me at all. It does shock me how quick it happened. It just seemed like, oh, yeah, Cody might not be signed with AEW. Oh, yeah, he's gone forever. Now he's going to WWE again. Like, that happened, like... Bam, just like that, and that's what's surprising out of all this. But I'm not really shocked that Cody Rhodes is taking another kick at the Vince McMahon can. You know what I mean? Like, that's I, – I think we all saw that coming. At least I did.
0: Of course, I did as well. Like, you know, he has unfinished business, right? He has something to right. prove to WWE and himself, I think. So it's – to me, it's just natural for him to want to go back and to prove what he has to prove. Give it a second shot, right? Like, you know, he, he, he left in – iffy terms, right? It wasn't the worst of terms, but it's wrestling. Never say never and we are in one of those situations right now where never say never. You know, my take on this, you know, is the optics of this, the optics of losing a founding member, member of your of your team. The optics of losing an EVP, the optics of you not being able to negotiate a contract, right? after this person's initial contract, the optics of that seem a lot worse, in my opinion, than the actual outcome of it all. The optics of it is a lot worse. But at the end of the day, I think this is just naturally going to happen. I think eventually Cody was going to leave. Like you said, yeah. the timing of it is early. But for me, I'm more interested in the optics of it. Because if, you know, if this were a public company that stock would be going down right now because having an EVP, a founding member just up and leave because he couldn't negotiate a contract. That's a bad message to send to stockholders.
1: Fair enough, man. I, I can't really argue that. Um, I am not a stockholder nor are any of us in AEW. Exactly. There is precisely one stockholder. His name is Tony Khan, or maybe I guess, I don't know how the, you know, it's worked out. Maybe some of the family owns different percentages anyway. um, Yeah. For both companies, I think this is a win, though. Like, if you actually look at what's happening to the two companies now, if AEW is losing Cody Rhodes... That's not that big a deal. Like, in terms of the talent, not that he's not talented, Boris, but they're just so loaded. They're so crammed at the top. And Cody Rhodes takes a lot of screen time, takes a lot of fan interest, takes a lot of everything, you know what I mean? And if he is, if, if you just eliminated one main eventer from AEW, that opens up the door for a lot of people, which is what they need right now. And conversely, WWE is got a little bit of a talent drought going on. Like, they're hurting for top name talent or upper mid carders, or anything anywhere on the card so they need fresh exciting new talent this works out very well for both companies i'm i'm very surprised at the timing of it but we'll see what cody can do i i think he's gonna he wants to go on one last jericho-esque run you know get like maybe a world title get some high profile pay-per-view premium live event matches as it were and, uh, you know, he'll uh, he'll get the bag a couple times, and he'll be back in AEW by 2026, let's say.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, look, he, he's no spring chicken, right? He's 36, turning 37. He has a new family. Maybe he didn't want to do all of the EVP jobs, right? And if he did, was doing them, maybe he wanted the bag, right? Like, there's so many things go happening on the table. But like you said, I think that at the end of the day, this is a best-case scenario for every party involved.
1: Yes, and Dusty Rhodes had an incredible, indelible footprint in NXT. So maybe Cody would want to be involved with training the next crop of WWE superstars. Maybe that's kind of something that he wants to keep in the Rhodes name. You know, like, there's a lot of factors here going on and we don't know how nasty negotiations got if they got nasty at all. We don't know that Cody Rhodes was particularly close to the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Like he he didn't spend the time in New Japan and, and touring with those guys. You know what I mean? He was kind of like added to the group there, kind of tacked on to it. So it doesn't surprise me. Like I said, that Cody's gone. The timing of it we, Inarguably, it's shocking. We're going to see what happens. But do you think he's at Elimination Chamber? Do you think he makes the trip to Saudi Arabia? Is he is he on WWE's main roster, like on SmackDown? What's going on here?
0: Look, if he isn't here or there on Saturday, I think it'll happen at WrestleMania or the Raw after WrestleMania or SmackDown after WrestleMania. So if it's not this weekend, yeah. it's going to happen after WrestleMania.
1: For sure. I, I think it might happen I don't know, Saudi Arabia, maybe. We'll see. I don't think he's going to go there, though. I think it's going to happen uh, at WrestleMania. I think it's going to be, that's my guess, it's going to be like a Hardy Boy situation. You remember when they debuted a couple uh, years ago? I think it was twenty. Was it 2019, 2018. Anyway, it's going to be that, that kind of thing. Big shocking, not shocking at all, WrestleMania debut.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know what? The, what is kind of an interesting thing to consider is what's going to happen with his other TV shows, his reality show "Roads to the Top," and uh, that other wackadazy show that he has. What's it called?
1: Uh, the Big Bang Theory. No, the Go the Go Big Show. The Big yeah, Show the big, Show.
0: What was yeah, it? the the uh, Go Big Show or something like that? It
1: is the Go Big Show? Yes.
0: Yeah, I wonder what's going to happen with those. Right. Effectively, I would assume <laughs> that he's probably not going to continue those but you never know right yeah
1: well you never know uh, yeah they might be like separate contracts i don't think it necessarily has that much to do with it we will see though but yeah what i think is going to happen is that paul white will take over and it will be the go big show show
0: <laughs> exactly um another very so so you know For patrons, I think we're going to be talking about this on almost every show. Matt, you're going to be in old F this week, so you and Joe are going to be talking about this very subject a little, probably a little more in depth. Probably give everyone an update with the up to date news. Um, So that's going to be coming out on Friday morning. Uh, So you know, if you are a patron, you already you're going to get it in your podcast catcher. But if you're not a patron, you know, there's a perfect time to 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 sign up. And uh, you'll be getting all the Cody Rhodes news you can handle. Yes. Before
1: we move on to sometimes on the BAM podcast, which we also do, we talk like wrestling gambling odds if we ever ran a wrestling sports book, which we should not do because we will both go broke instantly. (laughs) Anyway, Boris, what do you think the odds of Tony Khan appearing on screen for the first time I believe or like officially like with his with a scroll that says Tony Khan he showed up in like cameo like the camera's passed by but announced Tony Khan and he says a goodbye to Cody Rhodes on Dynamite what are the odds that that happens plus um. 5000 plus 750 what do you think
0: I honestly think it's a plus 5,000. I don't I don't see it as something that he should do. I don't think he no. should acknowledge the fact that one of his founding members is God.
1: It wouldn't shock me to see some kind of uh, mention of Cody Rhodes on Dynamite, but I agree I I, I kind of just am trolling. I don't think that would actually happen. We did see Vince McMahon give a heartfelt goodbye to the macho man when he left WWE. There is precedent. I don't think that will happen. But uh, we're
0: taking bets on the unofficial BAM sports book. Yep. All right, so that is the Cody News. So today, uh, death to 205 Live, long live NXT level up.
1: That's all right. I'm okay with that because 205 Live died long ago yeah, anyway. It exactly. was NXT level up. So they just renamed it. That's fine. In spirit, this change happened when? Like September, October?
0: Exactly. It's been a very long time. Uh, you know, we've had... A lot of the NXT wrestlers wrestling on 205 Live, uh, but now it's official. 205 Live is dead starting this Saturday. NXT Level Up is debuting, and Matt, there is a debut on the tapings of Level Up before NXT Vengeance Day. Really? Who is that? She goes by the name in WWE as Kelly Kincaid, a.k.a. F.K.a. Quinn McKay
1: nice quinn mckay actually i meant to message you about that i realized it happened uh and was taped for the nxt level up so are we going to see that after smackdown on friday is that what i am to believe right now Boris? i might actually watch that
0: (laughs) that is exactly what you are to believe and it's hilarious how you added that thread on the facebook group saying do we have to watch this now and i instantly responded (laughs) f no
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I think I might. I'll give it a chance. I'll give it a little look. See, you know, I'm not. Com- I'm not committing right now to watching it every week. But uh, between the two of us, I think one of us will watch it at some point before the next NXT, or at least we'll see a couple clips on YouTube. And we'll gather enough to know if yeah. there's a match that like bombs to the level that Cerey versus Lash Legend apparently bombed, which I did not go back and watch because. I uh, love Surrey, and I have high hopes for Lash Legend, and I didn't want to see them just absolutely uh, crap their pants. But anyway, that match was widely panned. If that happens again, I promise I will actually watch it. We will go back and try to pay attention to 205 Live now, now that it's officially an NXT product. Exactly. But I can't promise that we're going to watch it every week.
0: No, no, exactly. And, you know, honestly, we've been kind of teasing this. We've been kind of talking about this and making jokes about, hey, maybe we should probably watch it. It is, you know, essentially NXT main event at this point.
1: Yes, exactly. So I'm going to, I got a beer in hand right now. Thanks to the good people at Great Lakes Brewery. Crack one for 205 Live. We'll miss you. True hardcores will remember that the Cruiserweight title was killing it there for a little second. A quick little second after the Cruiserweight title, though it was done mostly in front of dead crowds. But a couple pay-per-view openers, a couple YouTube matches that really delivered. Austin Aries, Neville, even Enzo Amore to a degree, Boris. I remember 205 Live. You had a good run, kid
0: yep exactly you know it's it was ahead of its time and unfortunately it just got the support of the wrong people
1: yeah it was it just yeah the cruiserweight man it's so funny what could have been with the cruiserweight classic and kota Ibushi and zach saber jr and where they are now versus where everyone else in the cruiserweight classic ended up
0: yep it's crazy it's absolutely crazy to think like if you look back at 2016 and you look at like the state of Triple H's NXT and developmental right like you know there's no point on on on, on going back and, and 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 talking about it but it's just crazy to think about where they were then where they are now but you know moving on to tonight's show though. I think that NXT is really finding its groove. There's a lot of things that just seem to be clicking right now. Um, You know, I think a lot of the wrestlers have obviously improved in-ring. Now, before I start praising every wrestler that's come out of NXT 2.0, you know, one of the things that I I, I always remind myself is like, for example, Pete Dunne is helping Tony D'Angelo. Right. You know, like, uh, that's that's pretty big. Cameron Grimes is helping uh, Carmelo Hayes. I almost said Anthony, Um, you know, so to me, that's great. But I want to see these NXT 2.0 people wrestle against NXT 2.0 people and kind of see what we're going to get, because, you know, we're going to have to take the training wheels off at some point. I know what you're
1: saying. We saw an example of that in the women's tag match, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't the best, unfortunately. But, yeah, no, it's going to happen just in terms of, like, where people go and stuff. Like, Tommaso Ciampa, is he officially a Raw superstar now, Boris? You know what I mean? Like, people are moving up and down the card. So there's going to be no veterans left at some point.
0: Yeah, exactly. And we'll talk about the veterans and kind of give you some thoughts about what we think is going to happen with their, with their position, what's next for some of them, like the Tomasa Chompas, like the Cameron Grimes. Um, and we'll, you know, as we go through the show, I think it's just going to be natural for us to bring this up, bring this up. So, Matt, is it time to talk about NXT 2.0 Vengeance Day?
1: Yeah, I think we should probably get to it. Homeboy, a
0: very good show. Agreed. But before we do that, as the young guns, you know, we are done with star ratings. And every week we have a new rating de jour, a rating system, a rating system that reflects something that happened on that episode. Uh, so, you know, the intro of tonight's show had a lot of texting. Matt, I think you and I, as, as, as funny enough, we call each other the young guns or we call ourselves the young guns. Uh, but do you remember texting using T9? Yeah, we're old as shit, buddy. We're both in our mid 30s, which is not old, not old, but it's pretty old
1: considering, uh, you know, the breath of humanity out there. So yeah, man, we are indeed old guns and yes, I do remember T9 phones. Do you want to go T9? Let's go text messages. Have some fun with it out of five. But uh yeah, man, it was it was WWE's really trying something with this NXT. They're really trying to appeal to the young kids and it's it doesn't work a lot of the time.
0: It, um, you know, the thing is, it's, it's, this show is clearly written by dirty old men. And I don't mean that like in the (laughs) sense of, you know, um, the over-sexualization of the, of the females, right. Of toxic attraction, especially in this intro, it just seems so unnatural.
1: Yeah. Well, it's both like, indeed they, they, well, let's just get to the show. It opens with probably like a, a very cheesy, one of the worst, uh, openings to a pay-per-view you're ever going to see in WWE because it's usually this grandiose, epic, uh, you know, video previewing all of the matches on the card. But this was just toxic attraction texting each other, like the Always Sunny episode, the gang texts. Yeah, exactly.
0: That's exactly what it reminded me of. All right, so uh, Vengeance Day started off with a themed intro video. Uh, you know, the video featured toxic attraction, texting each other, and showing off their sex appeal. That's what I have on my notes. And they essentially ran off the card, but it was a very awkward um, uh, interaction that they were having. It was just so awkward, very awkward. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, they were they were like trying to make some like sex jokes, and it was like
1: it was it was just very strange. Like if you were just flipping channels, you know what I mean. Like that whole thing. Like I'm not sure if this would have, uh, you know, convinced anybody to stick around to NXT. This uh, a little bit of a miss, but I do respect that they're trying. You know what I mean. But it, that's a pretty low bar. If we're at the point where we're really like, like well, okay, yeah, at least you tried. Like that's not. That's not a television show that we want to watch, you know what I mean? It's just proof of how low the bar is in NXT. I do respect that they tried something, but it was, it was pretty dumb. It was pretty bad. But
0: I do give them credit because they were doing this over-sexual intro, and then when it came time to show highlights and the story of the main event, they focus on the main event and they drop Toxic Attraction. I did notice that, and I really liked that one uh, level of detail. True. I,
1: yeah, at least they did that much. And I did like that they, they pretty... They, they, they tried to tell you that all the acts on the show were going to be good. Like, Toxic Attraction were hitting on Carmelo Hayes and Cameron Grimes and doing all these things. So they, they were really trying to advertise the matches. They, they they tried. It was an
0: attempt. Yep. All right. All right. We just talked about the intro longer than the intro lasted. I hate when we do that. (laughs) So let's just go to the first match of the night, which was a weaponized cage match. Pete Dunn versus Tony D'Angelo. Pete Dunn started off in the ring. Tony D'Angelo, A-O-A-O, Gabagool. He's got his own entrance, uh, he came in his own car, and uh, he, he strutted his way into the ring to start the match. And as soon as the match started, man, I there's something about Pete Dunne with these NXT 2.0 people. Because the first 90 seconds of every match that Pete Dunne is in with someone from NXT 2.0, he just unloads on them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. As though he's trying to prove something, like for real in real life. Pete Dunne is, yeah, he's not holding anything back in these matches. And kudos to uh, Tony D'Angelo. He held his own. I really thought that this was an excellent back and forth wrestling match. Like Tony did not back down. But yeah, Pete Dunne is a wrecking ball in there, especially at the start of a match with weapons. Oh man, you're in for some trouble in the first 30 seconds.
0: Yeah, and you know who the highlight or the what? Who the MVP of this match was? Who was that? That was Tony D'Angelo You being able to use zip ties and not looking like a dumb dumb on live TV.
1: Yeah, he actually got the zip ties done in quick time. So yeah, that was really good by Tony on this one. It seemed as though he's got a little
0: experience, this uh, Tony D'Angelo. Yeah, he does. Anyways, um, and I also love the fact that <laughs> <He> just, <laughs> there was a story... You agree with that that I was intending, but please do. <laughs> I love the fact that there was a story reason why uh, Tony D'Angelo cut the zip ties as well because he was in the guillotine choke like I absolutely loved that like it makes sense you know you got the gimmick you beat Dunn up a little bit Dunn kind of put you in this choke hold and now you're forced to cut the man's arms loose
1: yeah that was an awesome spot and even like the uh, Tony D'Angelo sets up Pete Dunn for a powerbomb while he's tie wrapped behind his back but then Pete Dunn transitions that into the guillotine the tie wrap assisted guillotine which Boris is referring to which Pete Dunn had to cut himself out of so i really like that spot that was that was very clever and uh, yeah, this match was, you know, it was good for what it was. You see a weaponized steel cage and you think it could be terrible. Chris Jericho and John Moxley, who are two awesome wrestlers, had a terrible match in this exact style. But this was really good. It actually really delivered. I was quite impressed,
0: surprised. Yeah, they didn't use all the plunder, right? Like they kind of used it to... To throw each other on, but it wasn't used as like to as a hardcore match, right? Like there was one scary part, an awkward part, and that's when Tony D'Angelo delivered a suplex on Dunn from the top of the cage. Just the setup and everything took a little too long, looked a little awkward, but at the end of the day, it looked kind of cool. I'll tell you what helped this match
1: a lot is that it felt like a fight. And that one spot that you just unlocked, maybe notwithstanding, but, man, they got out their toolbox and, uh, you know, they were carving in each other's faces with a wrench. Like, it really felt like these guys do not like each other. And this was not like playtime doing spots. You know what I mean? Like, this was a a hate-filled brawl, Boris.
0: Yep. All right, so Dunn found the hidden crowbar against the cage. Dunn smashed D'Angelo twice with the crowbar, and he hit D'Angelo with the bitter end for the win at 9 minutes and 52 seconds to win the weaponized cage match. Matt, what did you think of the match overall? Yeah, it was a pretty good opener. Tony D'Angelo held his
1: own with Pete Dunne, who really doesn't have bad matches at all. Like, you know what I mean? If you give Pete Dunne 10 minutes on a big show, he's going to deliver. And Tony D'Angelo, he was there along for the ride. You know what I mean? He is very new at this, but he's not bad. He's not inept. I thought it was pretty good.
0: Yep, agreed. Agreed 100%. Um, Yeah, so I I really like this match as well. Like you said, it felt like a real fight, minus a couple spots here and there. Uh, But, you know, considering that this could have been a real cluster F, I think that both guys did a great job. And honestly, Tony D'Angelo is improving so fast.
1: Yeah, he really is. And the crowd's already way behind him. They love this character. They recognize that he's good. He's a funny, charismatic, entertaining guy. So, I think the sky's the limit for Tony D'Angelo. This is the type of loss that doesn't hurt you at all, especially when you're new. You're so young. because he went to war with Pete Dunn here. So he doesn't look any worse for wear after this match. I think we would go as high if I had to rate this one as three and a half text messages out of five. 70% T9 percentage on this one, buddy. Really good showing from Pete Dunn and Tony.
0: Yeah, agreed. Now, I have to ask the question because we always have to compare NXT 2.0 to NXT uh, uh, black and gold. Would this match make a takeover?
1: I think so. You could see it being like the first or second match on a takeover show for sure. This this was a somewhat of a takeover. you know? It was takeover mini, takeover light, diet takeover. I, I think so.
0: Yep, agreed. All right, so after this, a video aired of Raquel Gonzalez waking up Cora Jade early in the morning to head to the performance center to train for the Dusty Classic. You get the classic training montage. Uh, for some reason, Gonzalez got mad when Jade ate a Pop-Tart. Uh, Jade was playing the uh, role of plucky little best friend. Both women did random judo training in a park. Gonzalez told Jade that they will be training like this every single day. You know what, Matt? I have to say, I you know after watching four seasons of Cobra Kai, I absolutely love this.
1: <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, but uh, I don't know that anybody should use that as their, uh, you know, Parameter Boris. But yeah, no, I what I liked about this man is that we've talked so much about how terrible WWE scripting is. And obviously if you have a you know working brain inside of your head, you can see how bad it is. But this, they kind of just let them do things instead of say things, right? Like they were just out there being themselves, having fun in a, you know, doing like physical gags and stuff. And that works way better for these performers than reciting terrible dialogue. So I kind of like the direction where they're going. I would rather just see them in the ring, but if they're going to do backstage promos, have them, you know, doing fun things rather than saying terrible, horrible lines.
0: Yeah, exactly. And honestly, Cora Jade is just just she not the best actress, but she's, she she's good at what she's doing right now, right? Like being the annoying friend, the, the 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 pesky, the punky Brewster of NXT
1: 2.0. Yeah, well put, man. Yeah, exactly. They're not uh, you know, classically trained actors, and that's fine. That's what they they shouldn't be reciting page-long monologues. They should just be doing cool shit. So I really like this a lot.
0: Yeah. All right, so we check in on commentary. Wade Barrett joked that uh, Vic Joseph was dressed like Joe Burrow and that Burrow is a loser like Joseph. (laughs) That line just killed me. Um, We get a shot of the hardest working reporter and all of professional wrestling Mackenzie Mitchell who's hyping up the Creed Brothers versus MSK Dusty Classic Finals. The show cuts of Malcolm Bivens and the Creed Brothers cutting a promo stating their case to win the Dusty Classic. Uh, they cut to Wesley and Ash Carter kind of doing the same. So it was quick promos, nothing major. Uh, it's just like, look, we're going to win tonight. No, we're going to win tonight. And arrr, that's, that's yeah, pretty much it.
1: You've seen it. You've seen it a thousand times, but Malcolm Bivens is really good. And anytime he gets to speak, it's a treat. He's above average on the microphone at the very least.
0: Yep. All right. So we get the entrances for the next match, which was. Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan and J.C. Jane uh, versus Indy Hartwell and Persia Proda for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. Uh, so, a Toxic Attraction jump Indy and Persia as the as the intros are happening. And Matt, this was a match.
1: Yes, well, indeed, it was a match. Yeah, it was a little rough, you know. It was, look at the four participants, Gigi Dolan, JC Jane, Indy Hartwell, Persia Parada. They're all improving. They're all getting there. You know, I thought Gigi looked pretty good here. She's getting more comfortable. You could tell she's been nervous in her previous uh, appearances, especially on big shows. But she kind of, she looked good here she looked comfortable she felt uh you know the part this was okay man this was it wasn't great it wasn't even good but it was it was possible
0: yeah exactly look this match was your typical uh female heels versus female face match uh the heels were cheating the heels were double teaming the heels were going uh, you know behind the ref's back that was the story. There wasn't much to this match. At uh, you know, at one point, Jane trips Hartwell off the slingshot. Dolan hair Hartwell with a question mark kick for a two count. Jane and Dolan hit Hartwell with a high-low combination, a sweep and Yakuza kick to give Jane the win for the team. So Toxic Attraction uh, wins in seven minutes, 54 seconds, to retain the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships.
1: Yeah, uh, it was strange match like you know like a little disjointed it was it was your typical nxt match like four out of five matches felt like above and beyond felt kind of like takeover-esque like you said this was the one that was your typical nxt fair so uh you know not something that i'll remember fondly we're gonna go two text messages out of five for this one you know slight fail 40 percent on the t9 percentage
0: Right, exactly. So after the match, Mandy Rose returned to the ring. All three women posed with their belts. We cut to the back. Amari Miller and your girl, Wendy Chu, were chatting backstage. Chu asked Miller if she has a tag partner for the Dusty Classic. And Miller told Chu that she was too late and that she already picked a tag partner. The drama. Yes. Go ahead. No, I was
1: just going to say, do you think that's going to be Tiffany Stratton? Has Tiffany bought the services of Omari?
0: That's 100% who I think it is. Yeah, for sure. Shopping,
1: shopping for his daddy's credit card coming in.
0: Yep, yep. All right, so after Miller left, Chu walks up to Dakota Kai, called Kai a loser. Chu asked Kai to be her tag partner. Kai was talking to herself like a creepy. Crazy person like my ex is hey ho, Chu said she'd wait until Kai figures things out. <laughs>
1: wait, We might need to have a long discussion about that one because I was gonna say, like, they are really making Dakota Kai out to have serious mental illness here, <laughs> like, severe and serious untreated mental illness. This woman needs a doctor and a glass of cocoa or something, you know. She needs, Jesus, cocoa, she needs, to be cocoa. A, she needs to cocoa. Be a medical. He- yeah, not cocaine, cocoa. Yes, <laughs> important distinction. She needs to be in medical care, and she needs to know that people love her. She's out here talking to, to herself, and this this woman needs help, is what I'm saying, Boris. And uh, I, uh, I don't know about your love life, homie, but uh, bam, Valentine's Day special coming up tomorrow.
0: Yep. Oh, man, that's going to be fantastic. You know what? <laughs> I have to say, I didn't hate this.
1: It, I, like... Again, like these performers are fine. They're doing a good job with the characters that are somewhere like stationed in 1993. Like uh, it's just so strange to see this character in 2022. But Dakota Kai's doing a good job with it. It's like quaint and funny, and you can laugh at it, not with it. But it's just I don't see where this goes. You know, I I think it's kind of it's not as bad as Wendy Chu wearing pajamas, but it's not it's not going to lead her to the main event of anything. You know.
0: Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Future women's world champ, Wendy Chu.
1: She's got the level of talent. I honestly believe that. She's super talented, but a girl in pajamas will never be world champion. It's just not going to happen. I just don't think they do it.
0: All right, Grayson Waller and Sanga were outside with police officers getting ready to arrest La Knight, LA Knight.
1: Uh, No one saw this coming, eh? We couldn't see this coming down the street a mile away.
0: Yeah, all right. But before that, we get a Briggs and Jensen skit airing where they were hanging out at a bar. Apparently, Jensen failed on his date because he let Caden and Carter pay for her own meal. He also got friend zoned with Carter calling him a quote unquote brother. Uh, NXT wrestler Fallon Henley was the bartender of the bar. Briggs recaps Joseph's, uh, Jensen's recap. Henley confirmed that Jensen got friend zoned, and Jensen lets out a huge no.
1: This 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 thing was very weird to me. I don't know if this is the message we want to be selling. Selling wrestling fans, like yo, know, oh, okay, like I I don't know, Boris. Actually, I don't know about this. one. there was a little, there was a little, there was a little
0: hint of incel energy. I'll say to this oh, one. Oh God, yeah. I feel like, like this would know, like I feel like we should uh we should we should really break this skit down on the Bam Valentine special in a couple days. <laughs> we
1: might have to. This was yeah, some big incel energy from WWE NXT. I felt icky watching this. Like women, you can't be friends with women. Are you an idiot, Boris? Why would you ever do that? You know, what I mean? it was just like kinda kinda pretty gross promo here from uh, Brooks Jetson and Josh Briggs.
0: Yeah, exactly. I don't know about you, but if a woman wants to pay for her date at the date, she can easily pay for the date, brother. <laughs>
1: uh, I I am glad I am glad that they had Fallon Henley come in off the top rope and be like, "Well, okay, it's not a bad thing that you have a friend. Like, it's okay yeah. to have a woman as a friend. Like, you're both human beings." Uh, anyway, this was uh, this was this was skating on some thin ice, and in my opinion, they plummeted through the thin <laughs> ice and froze badly.
0: Yep. All right, so L.A. Knight makes his entrance in street clothes. Uh, Before he can say anything, Grayson Waller comes out. He was flanked by, quote-unquote, police. Waller ordered the police to arrest Knight. Waller showed the cops footage of what set up the restraining order. Knight attacking Waller after Waller's match with A.J., um... Waller then said that he got anxiety after Knight attacked him last week. Knight took Waller's envelope. Knight said even though he has the right to remain silent he has the right to defend himself. Knight said he knew that Waller would bring his own quote unquote evidence and he has his own evidence against Waller. Uh, Knight had the production truck show Waller attacking Knight two weeks ago with a rolling stunner uh, which was still to this day one of the best things I've seen on NXT 2.0, how he just magically jumps from the crowd over the barricade to stun LA Knight. Um, Anyway, so LA Knight noted that on page two of the restraining order, it says that Waller was not allowed to touch LA Knight. Uh, Knight said the order was now not worth the paper it is written on. You done soB Waller said in Australia these deals are usually one way the cops walk away Waller pleaded that he tripped on the barricade didn't attack Knight Waller then came to his senses and said that the restraining order was void Knight gave Waller a grounded pound put the boots to him Knight knocked Sangha off the apron tossed Waller into him and then he said that next week there's gonna be a match yeah.
1: I really liked L.A. Knight in this whole charade once he actually got the time to speak at the end. Um, Grayson... You know? And it happens to the best of us. In fact, I think it kind of happened to me. I think I didn't start strong on this podcast, Boris. I was a little nervous, but you know what? We're going to pick it back up, or we're going to close strong. And that's what Grayson Waller did in this promo, homie. I feel like he was a little nervous at the start. I feel like he wasn't quite himself, and then he nailed it, and he was Grayson Waller by the end once LA Knight picked up, and then I was excited to see this match. The problem with this promo was we all saw it coming a thousand miles away four weeks ago. We all knew where this story was going it went exactly there this kind of just felt like a waste of everyone's time
0: you know what i mean it was yeah. good. yeah you know what that's the thing like uh performances notwithstanding this thing was so evident right that it really took away from the actual Big promo time. itself so that, that's the unfortunate part sometimes. All right, so uh, Persia Proto was consulting Indy Hartwell backstage. Proto said that they can get another chance in the Dusty Classic and winning it. Hartwell hugged Dexter Loomis, walked off with him. Uh, Proto looked a bit perturbed. And then our boy Duke Hudson just shows up, puts out his hand, and, and he leaves with Persia out of the room.
1: Yes, Duke Hudson heel leaving with Persia Piranha baby face. Boris, will our dream Australian stable come to fruition? Is Persia and Duke and Indy going to go heel, or is it just going to be a Persia-Duke tandem?
0: I'm I'm really hoping for the thropple.
1: <laughs> yes, the thropple. Possibly featuring Grayson Waller making a quadruple. I don't know how that works,
0: but uh, <laughs> let's do it homie oh my lord all right Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams are shown getting ready in one room Cameron Grimes was getting ready in another room let us go to the match so it's Carmelo Hayes versus Cameron Grimes for the NXT North American Championship all right we give each other one f word holy fuck was this match good
1: (laughs) nice this was a great match I really thought both guys delivered 15 minutes and 58 seconds it went yeah man Take the lead on this one. I agree. I thought it was great, but I think you're you, you drop the f bomb on it. And it feels like you're. I
0: feels like you're really feeling this
1: one. You're really smelling this one. So go for it, buddy.
0: Oh yeah, man. So this match just starts off with chain wrestling. You know, both men go back and forth. There's arm bars. Um, you know, Grimes gets the early advantage, and then Trick Williams. Honestly, every time Trick Williams is shown on camera, I burst out laughing. There's just something about Trick Williams. We've said this before, and I'll say it again. You know, it it just shades a. Of Shawn Michaels, when he was Diesel's manager in the back,
1: you and, can't and teach it, factor man. You
0: can't teach it, and he's got it in spades. Yep, man. And, and this is the thing that I absolutely loved about this match, and that is both the men showed that they are good technical wrestlers, they know how to do the basics, and then you had. Carmelo Hayes springboarding off of the top rope, you know, you had him doing uh, Hurricane DDTs, you had him doing his his like his like repertoire of aerial moves, same with Cameron Grimes. Do you know, I, I don't know if we've said this, but do you know who Cameron Grimes really, really, really reminds me a lot of, especially in this match? Uh, who's that, buddy? Mr. Daniel Bryanson. Daniel Bryanson. Yeah.
1: It. Cameron Grimes, and Brian Danielson type Pokemon? Yeah. I don't know I, I don't know you'll uh, I'll look for it for sure I don't know he's definitely got like a he's like a grounded cruiserweight I definitely see that almost like a rude well he is a Rudo, right that's exactly yeah. what he
0: is that's exactly what he is um, but yeah no, like, there were shades of it I'm not saying he's like you know the American dragon he's not right. the Louisiana dragon but um, <laughs> or the or the Cameron North Carolina best wrestler out of North of the Cameron North Carolina Um, but you know he, he, he just showed very various Sides. And that's what I loved about this match. Both guys, um, you know, there was a lot of reversals. There was just very good offense. They slowed down the match when the match needed to be slowed down. They took it into high gear when the match needed to go to high gear. And about the last, what, five minutes, four minutes of this match, it was just back and forth, action, pin, action, pin.
1: Yeah, it, it's crazy how mundane a poison Rana feels the reverse Hurricane Rana. We see them too often, but that's an incredibly dangerous wild spot. Great poison Rana in this match. Cameron Grimes is like moonsault cross body reversal thing. I don't even know how to begin to describe it. But if you've ever seen a Cameron Grimes match, you've seen this spot. You, that That's always beautiful. These guys are great wrestlers, man, and they had a great wrestling match. 16 minutes on your NXT television show.
0: And you know what my favorite part of this match was? What's that? It wasn't even a wrestling move. It was Carmelo Hayes dragging himself to the belt and saying, I'm not leaving you. Yeah, that was awesome.
1: Yeah, on the outside of the ring, he got yeah. They were recovering from blows on the outside, and he was near the belt, and he whispered in the belt's ear, "I'm not leaving you." That was great. Camera caught it. That was an awesome moment.
0: Yep. So the end of the match, Carmelo Whiplash grimes against the rope, hit Grimes with his top rope scissors kick, and he got the win in 15 minutes, 58 seconds to retain the NXT North American Championship. Matt, I'm gonna have to give this one my match of the night. Yeah, I agree
1: with you, buddy. I think this was a great match. It was the only match that I would for sure call great, no matter what. I think we would go four text messages out of five. 80% T9, 2008 text message percentage, buddy. This was great stuff. And yeah, Cameron Grimes wins clean. Sorry, Carmelo Hayes wins clean, vanquishes Cameron Grimes. Who do you think is next for the A champ?
0: I would say Pete Dunn. We kind of got that tease later on the show.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and Pete Dunn's already got a win over Carmelo Hayes, so I definitely think that is the next program. That's going to be a great match as well.
0: Yeah, but I need to ask you, my friend, what is the future of Cam- of um Cameron Grimes now? I hope he moves up to
1: the main roster. I don't know that Vince McMahon would ever have faith in that character. I don't know if he's the kind of guy that he would call up, but the fact that Grimes has not been released yet and he's still being pushed in a high-profile place seems to suggest that he's going to get at least a shot. So, I think he's so talented that if he does show up at all on the main roster, he'll deliver to some extent. It's possible that he's running around after the uh, 24/7 title in a couple of weeks,
0: so who knows? Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, I I wait. I'm
1: before we before we move on i have one more thing to explore we got to talk right now about the cameron north carolina power rankings you've <laughs> thrown this one out you've thrown this one out a couple of times who you got grimes one jeff two matt three
0: what's what's your what's your top three what's your podium here grimes number one matt number two but not just matt hardy mattitude version one okay <laughs> number two Fair. and jeff hardy number three Where's the Hurricane from? Is he in these Cameron
1: North Carolina rankings? I don't know. Uh, no, no, no. You could argue that the you Hurricane can. might be number two on this list. You I, could. Think, I think per- personally, I'm going Jeff Hardy one. It's tough, but probably Matt two, Cameron three. But Matt Hardy and Cameron Grimes is actually, to me, a very tough debate. I think Jeff Hardy's a
0: Hall of Famer. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Like, you know know me, you know I just love, you know. (laughs) I love throwing those comments and seeing what reaction I get. Hot Boris
1: dropping them hot takes. I feel you, buddy.
0: Yep, exactly, because, you know, anyways. Uh, So... We go to my favorite room in all of NXT 2.0, and that's the Smash Room. Katie (laughs) Ray's in her Smash Room. She's smashing random dishes with her bat in the Smash Room. She convinced Io Shirai to smash some dishware with the bat. Zoe Stark shows up with a coffee mug. Io Shirai just grabs the coffee mug, throws it on the floor to continue the smashing in the Smash Room because there's nothing like three women in Smash Room
1: you need a cold shower buddy are you gonna be all right oh, i'm just right right realizing right. at this moment <laughs> just really got this i'm just realizing at this moment how dirty the name smash wrestling could have been all these years we could have been watching a lewd program we didn't even know it
0: <laughs> that's so true so true okay so i i really enjoyed this a lot i even, zoe stark someone somewhere in wwe must absolutely love zoe stark she literally showed up on tv a day maybe the day that she was signed because she was signed the same time as uh as Gigi dolan and and jc jane right it, the three of them and maybe a couple other people were signed around on the same day and they had zoe stark to show up on tv and even injured they're finding a spot for her so obviously someone legit really likes her and i'm really liking this kaylee ray uh character and where it's going and iowa shirai i think she's kind of having fun again a million percent
1: Uh, all of that makes a lot of sense man i uh i wonder who's gonna win this tournament i actually think that because there's no tag teams there's really no good options that means that this field is wide ass open, so I have no idea who's gonna win this tournament. I do think the final is gonna be Cora and Raquel versus Indy and Kaylee, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, no, Wendy Chu and and uh, Dakota Kai are gonna win.
1: <laughs> it might be, man. I don't know. Like stranger things have happened in this crazy
0: ass NXT. You know. Yep, we just need more more promos in the Smash Room, That's all I'm saying.
1: <laughs> I know what you're saying.
0: Question Matt Have you ever gone to one of those um, Places where you can just break shit
1: (laughs) A smash room Uh, Have I gone to a smash room Notice that I
0: didn't say Hey Matt did you go to a smash room No I said have you ever gone to one of those places Where you can break stuff
1: No, I have not. I don't even know. I didn't realize that was a thing that existed. I didn't really like, is that a service you pay for? Like an escape room? Oh,
0: dude, it's exactly like that. Oh, we're going to go to one. It's so much fun. I'm going (laughs) to take you to the smash room.
1: <laughs> All right, fair enough. I didn't even realize there was a like an actual double entendre going on here. I thought you were just making a dumb comment.
0: No. It was <laughs> actually a real thing. It's a legit thing where you know for you to <laughs> decompress, for you to just like, you know, <sighs> relax a little bit. You break shit and you yell.
1: Crazy. Crazy. All right, I'll do i I'll do a Smash Room. Yeah, uh, w- will I attend a Smash Room with you, Boris? I don't know. Maybe back to back, but no, I'm just kidding. We'll do a Smash Room <laughs> with you, buddy.
0: Oh my God, Boris, a Smash Room. <laughs> we'll podcast live Let's from there. Let's
1: move on for the love of God. <laughs>
0: Which one? Anyways, Um, so next up was the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals. It was MSK, Wesley and Nash Carter versus the Creed Brothers, Julius Creed and Brutus Creed. All right, so last week, you know, for for, for a few weeks, I was convinced that the Creed Brothers were going to win but last week i doubted myself and i went with msk just because they were telling the story of msk coming back the only way that they can get another shot at imperium is if they win this dusty classic you know they, they, they there was a very good reason and good storyline purpose for them to win this tournament but on the flip side you know the brothers creed are just getting this mega push so this match was great in the sense that i just legitimately didn't know who was going to win in the back of my mind, I did know the Creed brothers were going to win, but there was some doubt, and that's what why I really enjoyed this match.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They did do a good job of casting that doubt, pushing MSK to a high enough level, at least. They had Matt Riddle show up and, and be in his corner, have a trios match with them indeed. But yeah, this was a really good match, man. I thought there, it was kind of a tale of two matches. Like The finishing stretch of this Oof. was significantly better,
0: significantly better than the opening stretch yeah um but yeah th- th- there, were, there were times that this match looked a little rough but i just love the creed brothers and how they portray them as complete meatheads slapping each other <laughs> slapping their own meat to to pump themselves up you know it's just crazy
1: <laughs> what is happening to this show right now we are full bruce pritchard over here just slapping meat and smash rooms but uh, you know these uh, these you know it's funny Brian Alvarez on the on his most recent NXT review I think he mentioned that he feels like Brutus Creed is the better of the Creed brothers and it feels like WWE is pushing Julius more but he thinks that Brutus has come along more and I thought that was that was surprising cuz that's not exactly what I've seen so I was looking for that and I don't know that I agree with Brian but I will say that I think I've been underrating Brutus I don't think I've been like paying him enough attention you know I mean, so we'll keep an eye on Brutus Creed here, but I do think Julius is going to be the one who is pushed harder at the very least. I think Julius is the Creed that will be the Sean Michaels of these Creed brothers.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right, so they did the hot fire flame from the apron into the outside. That was different, incredible. Yeah, so basically, Nash Carter just does a backflip into nothingness,
1: into nowhere, and his partner Wesley pushes him in midair off the apron while he's upside down doing his backflip and he lands on his opponent.
0: Incredible crazy spot. Yep. Yeah. Um this match got a little dicey in the middle when they went to the outside because, like I've mentioned a couple times on this show, they've kind of reconfigured the performance center, and the fans are just, like, right up against the ring almost. Like, there's barely any room to walk. Um, there's barely... You cannot fit two wrestlers side by side, um, you know, on the apron and the ring side. So, things yeah. are getting a little dicey. Uh, they did try... one At one point... Uh, Carter takes on Brutus with a kick. Um, Carter went for a suicide dive on Julius, but Julius catches Carter. And then I don't know exactly what he was trying to do. Maybe this was what he was trying to do, but it just looked kind of awkward. And he does this cartwheel slam on the ringside in the outside. It just looked very, very dangerous.
1: Yeah. So what I think happened here is he just kind of ran out of room because we've seen him do this. Maybe it was only last week that he busted it out for the first time, but we've seen him do it before. The Northern Lights suplex, that's a cartwheel rather than a somersault. You know what I mean? Like versus rather than flipping the guy over his head, he flips him sideways and it's the cartwheel Northern Lights. We've seen Julius do that move before. What I think happened is he just straight up ran out of room and he cartwheeled his hip into the apron and that looked very painful for Julius more so than the opponent. Oh yeah, this
0: 1000... Oh, I can't believe I said that. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> this 100% hurt Julius a lot more. Anyways, uh, Julius then hits Carter with a basement lariat and he get the pinfall win at 9 minutes and 36 seconds to win the 2022 dusty roads tag team classic
1: yes the diamond mine hopefully it goes better th- than it did for the authors of pain i uh, i think it's funny that you dislike the over 100 percent gimmick i i do that so often it's just like second nature you must hate me how are we podcast partners
0: i literally ignore you when i say that
1: <laughs> and when i say anything yes that's very cool. but I <laughs> sorry what thought- <laughs> I thought this was a very good match, man. I'm going to go as high as three and three quarter text messages out of five. 75%. It's a B plus. I couldn't quite call it great because, as you said, it did kind of break down a little bit in the middle there. But it's still a very good match. And I think, once again, for the second week in a row, the best match of Diamond Mine's career. They topped their previous best match of their career last week. So they're on a heater, these Diamond Mine boys.
0: Yep, Exactly. Um, Alright, so after this match, we got the latest Nikita Lyons vignette. Lyons talks about how her father told her to stop randomly beating people up as she grew up because she's supposed to bring people together. Uh, she said she sent the message to her dad by looking at him. She then did a Khorigarov dance routine dancing can be compared to landing knockout blows in the ring. Uh, she said she's a whole lot of woman who's going to do a whole lot of whooping. She said she's not going to hide it, deny it, or apologize for it. She said next week, you better look out for this lion's roar. Because you see, Matt, her name <laughs> is Nikita Lions, and she has a lion's roar.
1: Uh, man, I'm telling you, if this if this woman can wrestle at all, she is going to be a star in this business. Like she's she is her character's a little all over the place. She is manic pixie dream heel. As we've said, she's like part Sonya Blade, but also part Penny Lane. But she's also part, I don't know, Sable. But she's also she she's got a sprinkle of China in there, too. And she's just I don't know exactly what her character is, but it's at least unique and it's good. And she's she's very she's confident. You uh, she's super charismatic. We're going to see, man, if she can wrestle at all, she's going to be very good.
0: So I will say this. I will admit to this. I have watched uh, 205 Live and she was on it. Nikita
1: Lyons. Did she lose? Did she win? How did she look? She
0: won, And she wasn't the worst.
1: Oh, interesting. I'm excited to see what she can do next week. We're going to be we're going to be watching that NXT level up going forward. So, we'll see the uh the debut matches of these people, but man, it'll be interesting. She's got her character. She's got her personality down. I don't know exactly what her motivations are and and all that stuff. That will that will happen. Uh, maybe it won't. It's WWE, it definitely won't. In fact, but you was she's she's got a lot. She's got a lot going for her.
0: Yeah, all right, so, oh, oh man, Fabian Aigner, Marcel Bartel, and Gunther, <laughs> I yeah. can't say that with a straight face, <laughs> it Imperium, is laugh out loud, Imperium man. is in the ring, and Gunther corrects Alicia Taylor on how to pronounce his pronounce his name, honestly, when he stopped Alicia Taylor, a small part of me wished, he said, no, 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 the name is Walter. <laughs>
1: and just went into business for himself damn it yeah man well it's funny the the crowd the crowd chanting walter walter and he has to act upset and like how dare you chant that name that i've been called for years that i've been known by
0: (laughs) exactly oh man and then you know you know that it's a sticking point when even wade barrett says the crowd must be deaf
1: Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, yeah, they're they're making way toe that company line. It is what it is. If, if they're gonna call him Gunter on WrestleMania and they're gonna put him on the main card, then call him Gunter. You know what I mean? If they're gonna call him Gunter and then fire him, then this was a total waste and a, a dumb idea.
0: Yeah, but I just love the fact that the nextras the NXT crowd, I love okay, number one, they're hot again. Like they are Loving this product. Number two, I love how they absolutely ignore people's names, calling Gunther Walter, uh solo Sokoa, you know, calling him an ooze, you know, con like I just love the fact that the crowd is just doing their own thing.
1: I did I do love the ooze chants. One thing I I thought was a little iffy was the uh the USA chant here in 2022, but They're bad guys, and it's Florida, so we'll (laughs) excuse it. But, you know, it's worth noting that in 2022, they chanted USA at these heels on this wrestling show.
0: You know what my favorite thing in history was? WrestleMania 9, Yokozuna versus Bret Hart in the crowd chanting USA. (laughs)
1: That is absolutely incredible. I think there's another example of that, like SummerSlam. I want to say it's 1989. I want to say it's a six-man tag. Hacksaw Jim Duggan is with the Hart Foundation against the Rougeau bros and someone. (laughs) And it's Bret Hart and Jacques Rougeau. And I think Jacques has got Bret in a headlock or something. And Hacksaw Jim Duggan on the apron starts chanting, USA, even (laughs) though it's Rougeau versus Bret Hart in the middle of the ring.
0: Oh hacksaw, God bless him! All right, so Aikenard <laughs> talks about the Creed brothers being next in line for Imperium after winning the Dusty Classic. Bartels said to understand what Imperium stands for, uh, you must preserve through suffering, anguish, and the misery that you are pre- prepared that you are not prepared to endure just yet. Gunther said Marcel and Fabian have brought honor to this great sport. Gunther said for himself he's setting his eyes on championship gold in NXT. He said he's watching Braun Breaker with. Two case versus Santos Escobar uh, with the closest interest. Um, This is... Uh, Before Gunther could get out his Imperium Ring Conf catchphrase, he was cut off by Solo Sokoa. Sokoa said he knows Gunther's catchphrase about the ring being sacred, yada, yada, yada. He said he doesn't care about the mat because on the island, you find the biggest and baddest dude and smack the taste out of his mouth. He said he's about to do that now. He said he doesn't care how you pronounce Gunther's name because he's about to wipe the mat with the ring general and make him his bitch.
1: Yeah, so Walter versus Oos, Oos Jr. Not in my top 1,000 opponents that I want to see Walter have a match with, Solo Sokoa, but sure, I hope Walter wins clean and he goes on to bright lights and great heights in WWE. And nothing against Solo Sokoa, I think he could have a good run too, but man, this, this kind of scares me a little bit. Solo Sokoa is still undefeated, isn't he? yep uh oh no oh buddy I don't know about this one solo might beat Gunther with due to Rodericks strong interference perhaps or something I don't know I'm scared I'm scared of this match
0: yeah um Gunther he's uh looking really lean isn't he
1: oh he has lost a lot of weight trimmed down for sure looking like he dropped like I don't know, 50, 60 pounds. Yeah, looking slim and trim and ready to slap the
0: shit out of someone. Exactly. Alright, the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling Mackenzie Mitchell interviews Dolph Ziggler about getting a drink thrown at him by Tommaso Ciampa at Raw. Ziggler was randomly wearing a Toxic Attraction shirt, Fii. Ziggler talked down about Ciampa and hyped up his match against Ciampa next week on NXT TV. Ziggler then noted that he's watching the Breaker versus Escobar match closely
1: uh champa's promo on this show was way better than ziggler ziggler's was fine i am excited for that match next week though champa versus ziggler on your nxt show that'll be fun
0: you know what i enjoy is that a lot of people are throwing their hat in the race right you have Dolph ziggler you have Tommaso champa you had escobar apparently um you know you have uh gunther i i'm (laughs) i'm really enjoying the fact that there's a lot of people who can contend for the belt and they're expressing, Hey, I want this belt. Unlike in the main roster, right? It's like, you're not allowed to talk about the main title unless you're facing the champion.
1: Yeah. It's a really good call. And you see, uh, not to talk about a different show, but you see that in AEW as well. And that's what I, that's a thing that I like in any wrestling show that does that. Every wrestler theoretically should be gunning for the top prize, right? Of course that makes sense. So yeah, I like it a lot. And, you know, I, I, I hope that Gunther finds his way into this main event scene sooner than later.
0: Yeah, agreed. All right, Trick and Mello were chatting backstage. They walked into Pete Dunn. Dunn congratulated Mello and said that he's still North American champion for now. so
1: yeah <laughs> So this was the promo that Boris referred to earlier. Pete Dunn 1-0 over Mello. I believe you can check your record books. I think that's the case. So... This is probably going to be Melo winning a hard-fought, awesome title match versus Pete Dunne. Hook it to my veins. Let's go.
0: Yep. Uh, Santos Escobar had his entrance a little earlier. Uh, Very cool ring gear. He he always impresses. You know what? If you're going to lose, you might as well lose in style. Um, (laughs) And then Braun Breaker had a very weird intro. Uh, He uses a road flare to activate a vengeance pay-per-view logo prop and then he makes his entrance we do the formal in-ring announcements with alicia taylor um and then they did note that this match will be commercial free so your main event of wwe nxt vengeance day is braun breaker versus santos escobar for the nxt championship
1: yeah so good match Insofar as both of these guys are really, really talented. Like Santos is so incredibly good on the microphone. Like you said, even his gear is super on point. This guy's a professional. He's really, really good. Braun Breaker is the rookie of the year. He is just, he has just got limitless potential, period. So this was really good, but man, there was like, they planned a couple spots. There was just this long dead point in the middle Mm -hmm. of this match and then an excellent finishing stretch. And that kind of is like a little bit of a pattern in the longer NXT matches. It's like they plan the beginning and they plan the end and then they're like, go wrestle in the middle. And uh, not everyone can figure that middle portion out, you know?
0: Yeah, Escobar was really trying. You can tell that he was really pulling every trick he had out of his hat, right? Like, you can tell that he was really pushing and trying to get a match out of Braun Breaker here. It wasn't the worst, right? But, you know, there was a lull, and it was obvious that, like, they kind of let them do something here. And I have to say, Matt, okay, we knew that Santos Escobar was going to lose. But by that end of the match, they kind of made me second-guess myself for a split second.
1: Yeah, there was a really good near fall here where Dolph Ziggler ran in and hit a solid super kick to Braun Breaker and uh kind of felt like they could theoretically change the channel and uh change the title, sorry, and rush Braun Breaker up to the main roster. That could happen at any time. So it wouldn't surprise me to see something like that. I, I was I was borderline worked with that one too, buddy.
0: Same here. You know I was you know I was like like I was just screaming to myself <laughs> in my room. Um, it was just like I'm like oh my god they're gonna do it these sons of bitches are gonna do it and of course they're not so what happened was Mendoza and Wild they get on the apron they were tossed around by Breaker uh, Electra Lopez distracts the referee Dolph Ziggler comes out of nowhere hits Breaker with a super kick Braun Breaker kicked out of Escobar's pin at 2 and like 99.9999 there uh, Ziggler threw a fit at ringside Because he thought he had given the win To Escobar Tommaso Champa runs out Brawls with Ziggler uh, Escobar hit Breaker with a term, beautiful looking Tornado DDT Escobar pointed at the sky to honor Eddie Guerrero Because Matt today was 18 years To the day of when Eddie Guerrero Won the championship
1: Yeah true for Brock Lesnar No way out No that's crazy
0: Yep. All right, so Breaker dodged a frog splash attempt. Escobar went for a thrill of the hunt, but Breaker escaped and nailed Escobar with a spear. Breaker hit Escobar with the military press power slam for the win at 12 minutes and five seconds to retain the NXT championship.
1: My God, that spear. He didn't just hit him with the spear. He leveled this man with a spear. Wrestling is uh quote unquote fake Boris, as they say. That was one of those moments where there was nothing fake about that. Like he speared that man to death in the middle of the ring. Yeah, He hit Santos so hard with that. Oh man. Oh man. Santos must be feeling it like that. That could have been a broken rib easy.
0: Oh, for sure. I thought he was going to, like, just upchuck in the middle of the ring at one point. Like, (laughs) oh, my God. It just looked so brutal. There was a few times in this match where both guys just kind of hit each – they gave each other a little oomph. Yeah,
1: for sure. And it's because Braun's a bull in a china shop, and Santos was trying not to get killed. He was hitting him back, you know. But, yeah, not since Goldberg versus, like, whoever, 1997-98, like, early Goldberg run. Have I seen a spear like that? Like, just pure – brawn breaker smashing into another man he speared the shit out of santos in this match it wasn't even like a crazy spot it wasn't like clean but i'm telling you like watch that back he hit that guy so
0: hard god he hit him hard yeah oh dude 100 like honestly like and like you said i think you said it best there it wasn't a clean looking spear. it looked nasty like it just didn't look good and it looked Nasty and rough and oh my god! Just honestly, watch the last couple minutes of this match if you if you haven't watched it. It was very well done. Um and and yeah, Braun Breaker ends up winning. Matt, how would you rate this match? How many Kelly Rowland texting on excels would you give this? <laughs>
1: We're going to give this, uh, we're going to go a solid B. So that's three and a half uh, Kelly Roland texts. Even when I'm with my boo, that's a 70% for you, Boris.
0: <laughs> we do not plan this stuff. I don't even know.
1: <laughs> I remember that music video texted on a goddamn Microsoft Excel sheet. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard that so far.
0: I uh, love it. All right. So, yeah, dude, that was Vengeance Day. Honestly. I would have to give this show a thumbs up. Oh, big time.
1: Absolutely. Um, I think it's close. NXT UK might have been better this week, and it was just a run-of-the-mill UK. It would would have been the worst takeover of all time, but it was still a high-end NXT 2.0 show. You know what I mean? It was very good. Highly watchable.
0: To make this a perfect show, what I would have done is I would have substituted the tag team women's match and inserted the Mandy Rose Kaylee Ray match.
1: Oh, that's a good call. That would have made sense. I like your idea there. You know what? A, a small little thing that I would have done, if it's possible, like giving if Cody Santos Rhodes gives
0: Escobar the win.
1: Yeah, that that yes. But if Cody Rhodes is showing up in Saudi Arabia on the 19th or on SmackDown on the 18th, I would have honestly had him hand out the Dusty Cup. I think it would have made people like care about NXT more than they have in years. I think it would have kind of like been a cool moment for WWE and for Cody Rhodes. It would have been really nice. I think that's what they should have done to kind of help this show a little bit. Because in, in ring NXT 2.0 is what it's going to be. Yeah. That's, we're not going to get takeover matches by and large. We'll get a few here and there, but it's not going to be five great matches like it used to be. But they can still do big moments, and I think that would have been really nice.
0: So, of course, uh, that didn't happen. Of course, my boy Cody. You know I've always had his back.
1: <laughs> oh no! Are you gonna actually do this? Is that gonna actually? Are you gonna turn face on Cody? What are you talking about? He's
0: my boy. We're buddies. He's the best. Go Cody, American Nightmare! Woo! Are you saying that adrenaline has always been in your
1: soul bars?
0: <laughs> if you can see how much I'm laughing right now, as I'm as I'm even trying to get through these uh, this bit.
1: Uh, yeah bit indeed I actually do like unironically for real I do like Cody Rhodes I am a Cody Rhodes fan and I'm cheering for him
0: I am too all right but you know what's so going back to what you were talking about it's funny that like you said you know the moments right because that's what WWE is all about they're all about social media moments they're all about pictures they're all about headlines they're all about how they can get a picture out there right and I think That would have been the ultimate coup. If they were able to sign Cody, even just for tonight, even just for an appearance, and have him um, present the Dusty Cup, because you know, like, dude, him leaving AEW made headlines in the sports world in general. Yeah, man, that's my biggest complaint with AEW and WWE
1: too, but AEW actually especially, my biggest complaint, I think, is that they milk things too long. They told us CM Punk was coming in, for like a month, and it worked out that they popped a really big rating for that second, I think it was, Rampage episode. So it was. I'm not saying it was a bad idea, but like Adam Cole, another example, they kind of like teased and hinted that he was going to come in for like a couple weeks, a month, and then he showed up. Johnny Gargano is going to be another one, and Johnny Gargano's a different situation because he's waiting for his wife to pop out a child. She's like literally... She might be in labor right now as we speak. Like she's super pregnant. But uh anyway, man, like they 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 milk these guys and they wait and wait and wait. So I hope Cody Rhodes shows up soon. I don't think he will. I think he's gonna show up like at WrestleMania or after, but I hope he shows up like on SmackDown.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, won't be this week because it's already been recorded, right? So yeah, um, fair, fair. Yes, but yes. I know exactly what you mean. Like, no point in waiting. Everyone, it's like the worst kept secret, kind of like the Hardy Boys. But that one was different because the rumors really happened that week, that WrestleMania week, right?
1: Yeah. Exactly. And, and yeah, it was it was a little different, but it's kind of the same thing. But it's just like Lex Luger showed up on the same or like on uh, Nitro the week after he showed up on Raw. Rick Rude showed up on the same episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 20, 30 years later, we can't even get close to that standard anymore. Even when the Internet exists and we know all this stuff, you know what I mean? They still milk it and tease it and tease it. It's so very strange to me. I don't get it.
0: Yep. All right, let's grab your biscuits, your tea, and let's head over the pond to talk some NXT UK. All right, so we like to call this the best hour of WWE TV each and every week. And as good as vengeance was... It was very close to this week's NXT UK after a kind of a a depressing end to last week's show. I am so glad that they rebounded with a hot show with three hot matches. I want to take this show, this episode into my smash room.
1: (laughs) Definitely this first match, but yeah, man, yeah, hot, hot. NXT UK this is the most reliable hour of pro wrestling programming out there honestly at least WWE for sure this uh this show pretty much always rules I do think it was better than vengeance day looking at this card looking at my notes right now I think it was better
0: yep and I gotta uh, 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 you know uh, putting everything on the table I did watch this show right after vengeance day so you know it's very you know very very hot you know, I, I remember every detail of it, yeah. and and doing that comparison, honestly, I'm going to have to say that, yeah, this episode of NXT UK was 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 better just because of A-Kid alone and that finish to that match. Like, holy shit. Oh my shit. god,
1: A-Kid is so good, I can't even wait to sing his praises, but yeah, I agree with you, man, fresh in your memory, I actually watched it directly before NXT 2.0, but I drew the same conclusion, so yeah, let's get into it.
0: Let's get into it indeed because the first match was Amel versus Nina Samuels. This f- uh, feud has been kind of brewing up over the past several weeks. Nina Samuels kind of forcing Amel to be on the Nina Samuels show because naturally, that's how you start a wrestling feud. I love how wrestling feuds start. It just, you know, the most random of occurrences, right? And then, boom, you're in a match because that's how you settle fights. Uh, so, yeah, so this match kicked things off. It went, what, just under 5 minutes, 20 seconds but it was fast to the point and you know nina samuels nina samuels is one of those characters she can lose every single match and it won't ever hurt her yeah
1: exactly right she's the new billy Kay. we've said it before and Amel, her baby face push it's coming along i really like her work so yeah this was a strong little opener here i liked it
0: yep um how many crumpets would you give this match
1: so, yeah, Amel wins with the hope breaker, Boris, oh, yeah. which is a sit-out spine buster. Five minutes and 18 seconds, I believe it was. And, yeah, we're going to go as high as three crumpets out of five. Solid C in Canada, 60% no-am-dar percentage. Yep,
0: yeah, it was quick to the point and achieved exactly what you needed to achieve. And like I said, Nina Samuels doesn't need to win. And Amel is kind of with this, like, new a new hope type of character right I'm really digging this so good 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 showing on for both women alright A-Kid he's trying to teach Saxon Huxley a limerick ahead of their match uh, later and uh, he's trying to make Huxley a more presentable person he's trying to make him less of a wild man Mark Merrow. Um and he's, he's really trying to kind of get him on the straight edge you see but it's not working so yeah uh, what did you think of this
1: yeah, so A-Kid's trying to teach uh, Saxon Huxley to say uh, the old the classical English rhyme, the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane. And Huxley's a wild man. He's doing like a bruiser, brody character, so he can't quite say it. And then A-Kid walks out and he recites it perfectly and then says, A-Kid's a very nice man. And then when A-Kid comes back in the room, he starts raving like an absolute derelict, lunatic piece of shit again. So I don't know. It's kind of, I think we as the viewer are to believe that Saxon Huxley is completely
0: in and just screwing with a kid is that is that his character i don't know i don't know if that's what they're going for i thought the same but then later on that after their match you know it just i don't know it just i, I don't know exactly Fair. what yeah. this character is it's either it's either that he's in complete control and he's
1: screwing with a kid or he's some kind of strange festus like creature who snaps in and out of sanity
0: yeah all right, so we see. That, <laughs> I love that. I, did, right.
1: I I did actually like this promo. It was it was all right. It was fine. NXT UK has done way better work, but it was it was cute. It was fine. You know, it was, it was.
0: You know what? We've seen a kid's promos in the past, and this one was so much better than than what we've seen yes. before from this kid. As much a's. as
1: we love a kid in the ring, outside of the ring, he has struggled a little bit, but this was pretty good. Yeah, I agreed. All
0: right, so we see that Shaw Samuels and Noam Dar's. Uh, dressing room door is locked more on that soon mustache mountain congratulates ashton smith and oliver carter on winning their match to earn a shot at the nxt uk tag team championship carter claimed they would take their championship from them Uh, we got confirmation that this match is actually going to happen in not one but two weeks
1: yeah, so we have two now big matches set up for uh, concurrent NXT UK episodes. If you're super into Jordan Devlin versus Wolfgang, which I am, which is about to be set up. Let's talk about this promo. I really enjoyed it.
0: <laughs> this was great. I At first, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so annoying because I, you know, but. It, I, I liked where they went with this. All right, so Mark Coffey, yeah. and he's with uh, Joe Coffee and Wolfgang. They welcome us to Noam Dar's Supernova Sessions because Noam Dar is locked in his locker room, right? So they call this the Gallus Boys on Top. They introduce Jordan Devlin to the show. Devlin said he had agreed to come on Dar's show, not this crap. Coffee said Devlin. Um, Coffey asked Devlin what was next for him, but then said it was time to end the show as soon as Devlin just tries to say a word. Uh, Shaw, Samuels, and Wem Dar make it out of their dressing room. Samuels told Mark Coffey to jog on. Dar went to pick up his Heritage Cup championship, but Joe Coffee stopped him and said he needed to keep a tight grip on the cup.
1: I love uh, Noam Dar and Shaw Samuel. I don't think it's Cockney. Someone who's more English will have to tell me exactly what dialect he's doing. But Shaw Samuel's accent makes me laugh so hard. It's very, very, his delivery is very funny. And Noam Dar is one of my favorite characters in wrestling for like the last five years running. So I love those guys. I love when they get a chance to promo. This is pretty good. I liked Mark Coffey's whole, I promise, Jordan Devlin. I will co- I will conduct myself as a professional. I will give you the time you yeah. need, and then as soon as Jordan Devlin starts speaking, he cuts him off and tries to end the show. That it's a tried and tested bit, but his delivery on that did make me laugh. I really thought this promo was strong. I thought everybody in it
0: did a really good job. Yep. All right, Shaw Samuels and OMDAR. This is what Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss should be. Oh,
1: oh my God! What an excellent call, buddy. In a just world, that is. Yeah, Shaw Samuels and Noam Dar have their spot on near the top of the card in WWE. That is such an excellent call. Like, they could easily do exactly what Baron Corbin and Mad Cat Moss are doing.
0: And it, they kind of are doing it to a certain extent, right? They're, not the yeah. dad joke part, but it's like this, this, this play off of each other, right?
1: Yeah, like the yeah, like the goofball shit bag heels, but like upper mid card still. Like, yeah, no, they're kind of doing just a way better version of that.
0: Yeah, which is funny. All right, Dave Mastiff and Jack Stars are uh they're talking about their loss to Carter and Smith. Last week, Mastiff got angry with Stars for touching his jacket. Stars said he wanted to be like Mastiff and have his own jacket. Mastiff said he has to earn it.
1: So, yeah, it seems like Dave Mastiff's going heel. Is that, do you think they're going to swerve us and turn yep. Jack heel? I or? think
0: Jack Stars is going to go heel. He's going to say, F nah. you, and uh, I want the jacket. We're going to get another jacket gimmick. Ja- so we have jacket
1: time, and then we're going to get jacket stars?
0: Yep. Yep. Oh, ho, ho, ho. you just <laughs> saved yourself from a jacket off in the Smash Room joke. <laughs>
1: Listen, (laughs) let's show some decorum here. Let's be adults and get through
0: this review, Boris. Kenny Williams cuts a promo about (laughs) thunderstorms being a temporary thing that runs out of steam. Williams claimed it was a fitting moniker for Sam Gradwell and that he could weather his storm. Saxon Huxley made his entrance. Aiken makes his entrance. What did you think of this uh, Kenny Williams promo? Super
1: cheesy. Good kind of cheesy. But it was like, yeah, Kenny, he's cutting a promo. Like during a thunderstorm, on a thunderstorm with a green screen background of a thunderstorm. Just good. Yeah, it was very, very, very cheesy. This was straight out in 1992 WWF Superstars. (laughs)
0: 100%. All right, so this leads us into the second match, and it was my match, WWE match of the week, and that was Saxon Huxley versus A Kid.
1: Man, this was very good. I think that uh, Melo versus uh, Cameron Grimes was a little better, just slightly better, because it was twice as long. But this match shocked the hell out of me. A-Kid is so good. Not only is he maybe the best technical wrestler in NXT UK, one of the absolute best in all the company, but he's a flawless high flyer. His finisher now is one of the incredible high-flying spots in the history of wrestling. He just casually busted out as his finisher.
0: Yeah, it's crazy how casual he is. All right, so this is his finisher. He springboards off of the top rope, does a moonsault flip, and he turns this into a DDT.
1: Yes, so longtime hardcore fans will remember that Rey Mysterio first busted this move out on Eddie Guerrero, 1997 Halloween Havoc. I want to say that that was the first ever time this match, this move was ever attempted in a wrestling match. So here on the BAM Podcast, Boris, I I suggest to you we call this the Mysterio Special. That's what I think we should name, A-Kid's Finish.
0: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Like this... uh, how casual he just does it, right? It's just crazy. It's crazy. And Saxon Huxley so was good. great in this match. He, there were some spots where I thought that he broke A-Kid.
1: Yeah, A-Kid's bumping is also amazing. But Saxon Huxley, Saxton Huxley was an awesome big man in this. He's uh, closer to Berserker than he is to Bruiser Brody. But he's a, he's a perfectly cromulent Berserker, Boris. <laughs>
0: Exactly. All right. So, yeah. So, 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 A Kid does the Rey Mysterio special and he beats Saxon Huxley in just seven minutes and two seconds.
1: Yes, sir. So, yeah, we're going to go as high as three and three quarter crumpets, man. Best match on NXT UK. Awesome showing by A Kid. Probably the best match that Saxton Huxley's ever had. Really good stuff. The Rey Mysterio special just hops up like it's nothing and then just does a moonsault DDT. So sick.
0: Yep. All right. So they kind of talk about a kid trying to tame Huxley, um, you know, and after the match, a kid extends his hand. Huxley eventually kind of snaps out of it or just, you know, controls himself long enough to to shake his hand, a kid's hand. And that was that yeah cool so i like i like that this was a baby face versus baby face match
1: and it didn't end in a heel turn didn't end in a big dramatic thing it just ended in one man out wrestling the other and the other man going okay well we're still friends teach me your ways kind of thing so uh, sure let's do it
0: yep all right so joe coffee mark coffee and wolfgang are walking uh uh, what's his name wolfgang kind of continues on walking down the hall and then we kind of see jordan devlin run up and he ends up hitting wolfgang in the back with a chair uh and he gets his glasses back
1: like that a lot wolfgang really feeling confident strutting down the hallway basically you know kissing babies signing tits as it were boris not really there was nobody else in the hallway but yeah and then devlin comes in smashes this guy i thought it was great
0: Yep. All right. A kid was cutting on interview backstage when Charlie Dempsey walks past A kid and asked if they could do the interview later. I just love that planting the seed. Dude, A kid versus Charlie Dempsey. Holy crap.
1: So we have seeds planted for Nathan Fraser versus Dempsey and now A kid versus Dempsey. Oh
0: my God. Let's go. Let's go. Yep. And speaking of Nathan Fraser, he was in the main event and he's starting his ladder going up to Charlie Dempsey, and this week he went against Familia's Teoman.
1: Which is funny because Teoman is the de facto leader. He is, you know what I mean, the actual president of this group. But I feel like they're already positioning Charlie Dempsey as the clear best wrestler of the group, which is good because he is the best wrestler in the group by a wide margin.
0: Yeah. So, this match was so technical, so well done, some people might consider this match boring. A lot of it did yeah. take place on the ground. I can, you yeah. know, if you say that this match is boring, I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to raise fists at you uh, if you say that. But, you know, this match was a little on the slow side, but it was a very technical, well-thought-out match
1: definitely way more grounded way more of the old school wrestling the european style if you will than you usually see in wwe so it might be off-putting to some people but i liked it a lot
0: yep um yeah no this match exactly so it was a lot of back and forth uh you know de familia was getting very uh, agitated so the three of them are kind of uh uh they go to the apron they get off the apron and then nathan frazier Uh, Does a dive onto all three men Uh, Then he throws uh, Teoman into the ring And he does a 450 corkscrew And he wins in 13 minutes And 15 seconds I really like this, this was a good start To kind of like the battle of De Familia And I really hope that that Charlie Dempsey match Is last And I'm really hoping that that match And I think on paper That match should be a classic yeah, man, both those kids
1: are so talented. It could be the start of an excellent rivalry, hopefully. If if this is a fair world, which it's not, we could see a long-term rivalry between those two talented performers. But yeah, I, I really thought this was a good match, too. Nathan Frazier wins, as you said, with a twisting 450 and or a Phoenix Splash 13 minutes and 15 seconds I would go as high as three and a half crumpets on this one I did think Gay
0: kid versus Saxton was a little better but this was a very good match as well yep agreed with you there all right man so that was NXT UK fantastic episode Matt what do we have on NXT stateside and NXT UK over the next couple weeks Yeah, let's get to it.
1: So on February 17th, Thursday, that's the next UK episode. We have Jordan Devlin versus Wolfgang and the cockroach, Kenny Williams versus Sam Gradwell. Next NXT 2.0 is February 22nd. We have nikita Lyons, boris in action debuting we have the women's dusty cup by the time you listen to this podcast there might be some matches announced on instagram i'm sure they're going to hit us with a couple of those so the women's dusty cup will begin no official matches yet we also have grayson waller versus la knight and dolph ziggler versus Tommaso champa in the main event of nxt 2.0 next week that is an unofficial number one contenders match. The winner there is probably next for Braun Breaker. Uh, also on UK, two weeks from now, as you mentioned, Boris, which is February 22nd, the UK tag team titles, Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter versus Moustache Mountain, Trent Sever, Trent Seven and Tyler Bay. Damn it, I almost got through that whole thing without screwing up.
0: I love it. Yeah, man. (laughs) Excellent show. And all right. So in terms of SNME stuff, if you are a patron, just wait a second. I got to tell the non-patrons how to become patrons so that they can listen to one show a day. And the best way to do this is go to patron.com slash SNME radio. It's just over five bucks Canadian. You can join and you're going to be getting one show, one wrestling show a day plus a couple extras. You get, you get the Sunday flagship show before everyone else and could be extended, depends on what we're talking about. Uh, but yeah, you know, if you're not a patron, you know you should go out, join the patron, even for one month. Patreon.com slash Radio. If you like some merch, go to ballergear.ca. Now, in terms of shows, we have tons of shows still coming up. Right now, you're listening to NXT Talk on Thursday, you're going to be getting BAM. That's Boris and Matt Weekly. This week, we're going to be chatting and giving you a preview of Impacts, Hard to Kill, uh, or No Surrender. What, what's the, which pay-per-view is it? I believe no surrender is coming up.
1: There's also a couple matches that we haven't talked about. We're gonna catch up on. There's the big stardom match that we missed. Mayu Iwatani versus Julia. We gotta we gotta watch that one. Also, Michael Oku versus Will Osprey. Big Uncle Dave gave that one five stars. We're gonna check that out. Uh hopefully we'll have reviews of that for you on the next BAM. Also, Boris, we might talk a little, uh, you know, a little relationship advice, a little r slash ask men slash ask BAM. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Go to the enemy Facebook group, find the thread, leave us a question, DM um, or instant message, Matt and or I, and uh, leave a question. It's just going to be fun because who better to give relationship advice than Boris and Matt to Middle aged or middle thirties mid thirties, you know, larger than life, men. Yes, chubby
1: single boys in their mid to early thirties. Let's uh let's say. Mid to early. Boris, let's go with that one. But uh, uh yeah, man. No, it'll it'll just be a bit of fun, you know, or just talk some you know, just to have have some fun chats with some friends more than anything else. Take a little take a little detour. We can't always talk wrestling, you
0: know what I mean? It's good to mix it up every now and then, buddy. Exactly, alright, and then on Friday you have the old Fox AEW Weekly, but this week it's gonna be Joe and Matt, then on Saturday you have Dose Shows Saturday, because you have your Smack Daddies chatting all things Smackdown, and you have the Dark Side of the Elite chatting all things Rampage on their Rampage Rollout, and then on Saturday, it is the Elimination Chamber from Saudi Arabia Show starts at noon, so for those of you wondering, there will not be be an after party it's hard to arrange people's schedule and we don't know what the turnout is going to be like for a show that ends in the middle of the afternoon so your smack daddies are going to be doing a a aftercast for elimination chamber that's going to be coming out on saturday and then on sunday we have the main flagship show sunday night's main event with mike mcguire matthew Edderer and myself and we're going to be chatting the week that was pro wrestling we're going to be a part of the round table for the week and mike is going to be chatting with dave Meltzer, and he's going to be giving you the top news of the week
1: it is an absolute honor to be a part of this team if you're part of last patron standing make sure you get your pick in before the elimination chamber starts i'm going to send out an email tomorrow morning uh That'll be Wednesday, February 16th. It'll be in your inbox. By the time you listen to this, hopefully, if not, it's coming soon. But, yeah, keep your eyes peeled for that. Big things coming here at SNME Radio.
0: Thank you so much for being part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with Bam. Adios. Damn it, I hit my catchphrase too early. Damn, you (laughs) did. (laughs) I'm going to have to take it in the smash room and...
1: <laughs> you will not take me to any smash room! <laughs>